Today is June 14th, 2021, and our first story. Attending the G7 summit, Joe Biden appears to get lost, wander around an area that looks like some kind of cafe before Jill Biden comes to the rescue and everyone busts out laughing. Joe Biden's gaffes during speeches are making America look weak and even making weird requests about Libya when he means Syria. This could be bad news for the U.S. In our next story, a reporter who exposed Bill Clinton's secret meeting with then AG Loretta Lynch has apparently committed suicide, leading to many conspiracy theories. In our last story, a driver at a high rate of speed reportedly crashed into a couple Black Lives Matter protesters, killing one before being dragged out of his vehicle and beaten. Now, if you like this podcast, leave us a good review and give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. President Joe Biden recently attended the G7 summit, the seven largest economies in the nation coming together. Well, albeit no Russia. And a Russian news outlet tweeted a video appearing to show Joe Biden stumbling around confused and walking into a cafe before someone comes up and grabs him and then a bunch of people laugh at him. They said Joe Biden got lost. The president of the United States accidentally wandered into an ordinary cafe at the G7 summit. An assistant helped him get out under the general laughter. Well, not a perfect translation. I don't think this is actually correct. I'm not sure if it was a civilian cafe or a press area, but I got to admit, Joe Biden does look particularly confused wandering around before I believe it's actually Jill Biden, his wife, runs up and grabs him and says, come on, and then everybody laughs. This isn't the most egregious thing to have occurred during the G7, but I think this is the example regular people would understand best. I can point out that Joe Biden repeatedly said Libya instead of Syria, which could be really bad for international negotiations. You got to get your country right when you're talking about sending weapons or armaments or ending conflict. That's right. I believe it was three times Joe Biden said Libya, and then the White House had to clarify he actually meant Syria. Joe Biden also made a comment about doing a, pr- a prisoner or criminal exchange with Russia. And the White House had to come out and clarify, saying, no, 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 we don't actually think there's, it's, it's going to happen. This is scary to me. At a time when people talk about the fourth turning, this era of conflict we may be entering, at a time when we see dramatic escalations with China, at a time when people are warning about Thucydides' trap, that we may be forced into a war with China or a greater global conflict, that China could invade Taiwan and the U.S. will not be prepared to do anything about literally anything. Can't deal with Vladimir Putin. Why? Well, Joe Biden's saying the wrong countries. Joe Biden's offering up cyber criminal exchange that doesn't even make sense why that would be on the table. We have a president who very obviously appears to be in some kind of cognitive decline. And the problem is all throughout the past several years, no matter what Trump did, they said Trump's brain was broken, cognitive decline. Yet when conservatives pointed out Hillary Clinton being sick, the media said they were liars. The media then parades around a bunch of psychologists and doctors saying, is Trump losing his mind? Maybe. Sure. I don't know. But Joe Biden certainly lost it a while ago. I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you for sure. But I can tell you it's kind of alarming. And at the very least, whether it's just Biden stumbling around and gaffing, he's certainly not sharp enough to handle this job. What do you think our adversaries are saying? I'd love to live in a world where everything's candy canes and rainbows and there's no war or conflict. 
But we are in that reality. There is war. There is conflict. And it's happening right now, albeit it is mostly cyber warfare, which is why Joe Biden's comments are kind of alarming. But there's also fear that these hacks that we're seeing, the the colonial pipeline getting hacked, the JBS meat supplies. Now we're seeing a a plant, I believe, in, in New Jersey. I'm not entirely sure. Blowing up. Maybe it's all just coincidence. Maybe it's just random ransomware hackers infiltrating our systems. But what do you think happens when Joe Biden comes out weak, unable to articulate ideas? The rest of the country looks weak. Now, at at the very least, I always said this about Trump. The dude certainly inspires fear in other countries for better or for worse. The dude was a bit sporadic and a bit in the wrong direction, if you know what I mean. I mean, Trump was overly aggressive and sporadic. I mean, people didn't know what to expect, but at the very least, people knew you can't screw with America. And there's there's good and bad in that, of course. But I'll tell you this, with Joe Biden being weak and confused, it's absolutely worse. All right. Well, let's take a look at this news and we'll go through the latest stories about Joe Biden's inability to speak. We've even got a story from, I believe it's the Boston Herald talking about Joe Biden and this all this list of stuff that he's just, he's out of it, man. It has me worried. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member in order to get access to our exclusive members only area. You can just click the members only button and there is a way to sign up to become a member. Now, when you become a member, you're not just getting access to our exclusive members only posts. The money that you're paying as a member goes towards our work to expand. We got a newsroom launching soon, maybe in in, in the next three weeks or so. I can't give an exact date, but hopefully before the next month or around next month, we will have a newsroom with news articles. We're bringing on some editors, some writers, some reporters, some fact checkers. That's what we're going to do. With you joining and becoming a member, we will expand a newsroom and we will fact check these lying fact checkers and we will produce the real news. But uh, that being said, just share this video if you really want to support my work. Hit the like button, hit that notification bell, subscribe to this channel, share it with your friends. Seriously, let me let me start with with this. I, I know I showed you the tweet, but here it is. In this video, you can see Joe Biden just like by himself walk into this area. It seems like people are sitting around. Some one woman has a laptop. People start yelling questions. It may be a press tent or a press area. I don't believe it is just a civilian cafe. But we have this article from Becker News. Now, while you know I usually like to use NewsGuard certified sources, Becker News is, in this regard, completely accurate. These are just posts and opinions. I'll stress the mainstream media will look at this video of Joe Biden and say, oh, he wasn't confused. Oh, he wasn't lost. He was just asking reporters questions because the media keeps covering for Joe Biden. And it's bad. Not perfectly. We do have a story right now where even uh, even CNN was roasting Kamala Harris for her awful answers on answering uh, questions about the border. But this is what the media does. Joe Biden will come out and he'll say something like Trunanana Shaba depression. You remember that? Or Batacaf care. And what happens? Even conservative media does this. They'll omit the quote, conservatives depending, or they'll try and translate for Biden. So I'll give you an example. Joe Biden might come out and say something like, we got Russia, you know, Putin and, and, you know, Putin is bad. You know, we got we got we got to stand up to Russia. He'll say it just like that, muttered, confused. And the media will write a quote and put Joe Biden said, we've got to deal with Putin and stand up to Russia. They will omit all the stutters and stammers and yammers and confused statements, or they'll just paraphrase for him. Stop 
translating for the man. If he can't speak, stop assuming what he's trying to say. But what do we get? White House clarifies, 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 clarifies. They have to clarify. Why? Because Biden can't speak. First, let me show you this article from Becker News. We see this from the Jewish voice, a tweet. Joe Biden seems to get lost at the G7 summit in England. Jill comes to the rescue. Biden answered a quick question for a reporter about how he believed the talks were coming before his wife, Jill Biden, seemed to come to the rescue. You can hear a loud outburst of laughs, although Biden seemed to make any joke. There are also scattered reports that Biden is the butt of jokes being told by world leaders at the G7 summit, which is entirely believable. And I, I think so. When Jill Biden runs up and grabs Joe and pulls him away and everyone laughs, I think it's clear what happened. Joe Biden wandered around aimlessly, went into the wrong place, is confused, and everyone's laughing at the poor, senile old man. I'm a doctor. I can't diagnose Joe Biden. So fine. It's just my opinion. That's what it seems to be. Ryan Fournier says, according to my sources, many jokes are being made about Joe Biden at the G7. They don't take him seriously. Jack Posobiec says, breaking Labor Party member comments, quote, at least Trump was attentive, says Biden can't keep up with G7 events or follow note cards per White House official. And there are videos of Joe Biden speaking and getting lost looking at his own notes. It's not the first time this would have happened. That's why the White House has to keep clarifying on his behalf. Here you go. Just Google search White House clarifies. And how many times in the past few months has the White House had to clarify things that Joe Biden said? Here's the New York Post on March 17th. Biden tax hike could hit people earning 200K. White House clarifies. At least one day a week, White House clarifies Biden's goal from February 9th. February 6th, Trump's access to sensitive briefings will be determined by intelligence officials. White House clarifies. I don't think that one's necessarily about uh, uh, Joe Biden. March 24th, White House clarifies. Then we have other White House clarifies. To be, to be fair, they're all not about Biden. I'm not trying to assert that. I'm just saying there are many that are from uh, Joe Biden making comments that then later need to be clarified. It's a real thing. Jack Posobiec tweeted something that uh, I find absolutely believable on Twitter. Trudeau overheard telling staffers he expects Kamala Harris to be president by the end of 2022 per White House official attending G7. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. Jack Posobiec does have White House sources. He has been, he ha he's had other scoops in the past. It's hard to fact check this and know for sure, but if you follow Jack and you trust his reporting, a White House official seems to think or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a White House official overheard Trudeau saying Kamala will be, will be president. You know why I find this completely believable? Who doesn't think that? Trudeau's probably not got access to any private information. He's just looking at a man stumbling around confused and then says, 
yeah, Kamala is probably going to be president before uh, by the end of 2022. Here we go from the Boston Herald. Howie Carr weekend at Biden's becomes Joe Biden's European vacation. That's right. Joe Biden at homes stumbling around gaffing is now Joe Biden stumbling around in Europe. Howie Carr for the Boston Herald writes dementia. Joe Biden is on his grand tour of Europe. So this edition of the wit and wisdom of the 46th president will not be called weekend at Biden's. Instead, it's Joe Biden's European vacation. When President Biden arrived in the UK, he spoke at a military base, which is one of his great pleasures. All dialogue guaranteed verbatim. You ready for this one? Quote, there's nothing that Jill and I and Joe enjoy more than spending time with our troops and their families wherever we go in the world. Did you catch that? He writes, last year, he once introduced himself as Jill Biden. Now Biden apparently thinks of himself as two different people, Joe and I. Well, actually said Jill and I and Joe. Who's I? Are you not Joe? Okay. He saluted the British military, especially the RFA. He reiterated that America wants to avoid conflict with Russia. At least this time he didn't call the Russian president Clinton, which he did before. Of course, Biden saluted his hosts. I'd like to point out that the greet from the British government has been exemplary. Since his mental decline, he has always been clueless with numbers. This week, he bragged about providing a half a billion free vaccines, then cut the number to half a million before finally reverting back to the original half billion doses that we'll be sending around the world to pr- produce in the United States to be produced. Sleepy Joe exhorted Americans to get their shots at the uh, assorted vaccine sites, including your local YMC. He changed the name of the disease yet again. What he sometimes calls COVID-9 this week became global COVID-19. Globid. Globid COVID-19. Uh, is he Professor Frank? in Britain, he introduced a titan of big pharma. Now I'd like to turn it over to my friend, the CEO and chairman of Pfizer, Avril L. Albert Bourla, more commonly known as simply Albert Bourla. Okay, I'm sorry. This is making me angry the more I read this. You may say, Tim, none of these things matter. Who cares if Joe Biden can't speak straight? Who cares? Well, Biden again says he'll be in trouble for answering unplanned reporter questions. Who cares? Apparently the people who run Joe Biden, I guess. Who cares more importantly? I do. Now, of course, this is not the first time Joe Biden's said he'll get in trouble for answering reporter questions. But Joe Biden making a bunch of gaffes does bubble over into something more worrisome. Of course, we've seen the White House is willing to clarify. And that's why he gets in trouble when he bumbles around and says these things. So who cares? Okay, first and foremost, his staff. That's managing the poor man who has no idea what's going on. But you know who should care? And who? Pro- and I'll tell you this, I care. I hope you do as well. The Democrats and the left in the media are going to say, oh, it's just old stuttering Joe. He's got a stutter. That's all it is. No, he doesn't. Go watch any video from the past 50 years. The man did not stutter before. He's losing his ability to think properly. And, and I'm not saying that to disrespect the man. I'm saying it because it's true. Biden says he'll get in trouble again. Here's where we get in trouble. White House walks back Biden comments on cyber criminal swap with Russia. Are you kidding me? If Biden goes out and can't speak properly, what happens if he negotiates something that hurts America? Here's the here's a story from the New York Post. The White House on Sunday walked back comments from President Biden that it'd be open to exchanging cyber criminals with Russia. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told press aboard Air Force One 
that Biden was not talking about exchanges or swaps when he seemed receptive to Vladimir Putin's offer that the Kremlin would extradite criminals if the U.S. would respond in kind. He's not saying he's going to be exchanging cyber criminals with Russia, Sullivan said of Biden. There's no cyber criminals who have committed crimes in Russia. He's looking at thinking I'm going to exchange them. I think that was overread or misread in the press coming out there. Biden has been asked by Putin's has been asked about Putin's proposal during the conclusion of the G7 summit of world leaders in the UK. I'm open to it if there's crimes committed against Russia, Biden said. That in fact, the people committing those crimes are being harbored in the United States. I'm committed to holding them accountable. But after the comments were widely circulated, Sullivan said the president wasn't responding to the specific proposal of exchanging criminals. What he was saying was that if Vladimir Putin wants to come and say, I'm prepared to make sure cyber criminals are held accountable, Joe Biden is perfectly willing to show up and say cyber criminals will be held accountable. Not the biggest story in the world, to be completely honest. It's just another example of where the escalation goes. If Joe Biden can't clearly articulate himself and he can't read comments properly or notes properly, it starts to confuse the press as to what's really going on. Here we go from the Daily Caller. Biden gaffs his way through G7 summit, begs for leniency from the press. Now we'll talk about where I start getting concerned. Asked whether foreign leaders raised concerns with tariffs on steel and aluminum that have carried over from the last administration, Biden dismissed the question, saying 120 days, give me a break before departing the press conference. Visibly confused, tired looking Joe Biden mixes up Libya, Syria three times. Yeah. Joe Biden confused Libya and Syria three times during a Sunday press conference at the G7 summit in Cornwall, United Kingdom. The president was responding to a question from NBC News' Peter Alexander about what actions the administration plans take against President Vladimir Putin. Biden talked about Russia, Russia's ongoing military actions in Syria, but three times mistakenly confused the country with Libya. Quote, There's go- there, there is a lot going on where we can work together with Russia. For example, in Libya, we should be opening up the passes to be able to go through and provide food assistance. And economic, I mean, vital assistance to a population that is in real trouble. I think I'm gonna, I, I think I'm gonna very hard. By the way, there's there's places where I should not be starting off by negotiating in public here. But let me say it this way: Russia has engaged in activities which we believe are contrary to international norms. What? At least the Daily Caller is uh, only somewhat translating. I have no idea what he's trying to say, other than he's negotiating in public on actions Russia should be taking in, in, in Libya. Now, why would I have any idea that he was talking about Syria? What he said could make sense in certain context. He goes on to say, they have also bitten off some real problems they're going to have trouble chewing, chewing on. For example, the rebuilding of Syria, of Libya. You know, this is there, there, uh, there, there, as, and as long as they're there without the ability to bring about some order in the region, you can't do that very well without providing or the basic economic needs of people for. So I'm hopeful that we can find accommodation where we can save the lives of people in, for example, in Libya, consistent with the interests of, of maybe far different reasons, but for the same reasons the president concluded. Did you understand any of that? If Joe Biden goes to a private meeting, and he looks Vladimir Putin in the eyes and goes, l- 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 listen here, uh, Vlad, you know, we, we got the sanctions, the, 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 you know, uh, go the, the, the sanctions. Now we'll, we'll, we'll drop them, but you gotta, you gotta get out of Libya. Vladimir Putin looks around at everybody and goes, deal. Let me just sign these papers right here. How does that sound? And then Biden goes, all right, you're good, 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 you're good. It's right move, right move. You get out of Libya. 
And then Putin laughs. And then what? They come back. No, 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 no. Biden meant Syria. He didn't mean Libya. And what's Vladimir Putin going to say? He's not going to take the call. He's going to be like, the agreement is signed. We're done. Now, I don't think Biden goes about just handing documents. It probably goes through a long and arduous process. And of course, Joe Biden's going to have people screening these things before they're sent off. In fact, Joe Biden probably has nothing to do with the actual paperwork. Vladimir Putin, however, and Russia will mock us and laugh at us. And then what happens when Putin comes out and says, we, we had an agreement, a legitimate agreement about Libya? What happens if Joe Biden, you see, the thing about Libya and Syria is that it's, it's plausible. It's plausible that he actually meant Libya. And how do we know? And then what? Vladimir Putin comes out and says, we had an actual agreement about Libya. Now he's coming out and trying to make it about Syria. Yeah, we're going to get taken advantage of. I can't even read whatever have this trash is. World leaders meeting at the G7 summit had a laugh at President Joe Biden's expense when he reminded British Prime Minister Boris Johnson to introduce the president of South Africa after Johnson had already given the introduction. Oh, geez. Quote, and the president of South Africa, Biden said enthusiastically as he pointed his finger in the direction of where he was sitting. Johnson then corrected Biden and reminded him he had already introduced him. This is America. This is what happens when you vote for someone, not for their policies, but because you really don't like someone else. And it's been getting worse. After meeting at the coastline resort of Carbis Bay in Cornwall, England, the leaders promised to secure a further $1 billion COVID vaccine doses over the next 12 months, either directly or via the World Health Organization's COVAX scheme. Sunday's communique also called on China to respect human rights and fundamental freedoms, especially in relation to Xinjiang and those rights and freedoms and those rights, freedoms, and a high degree of autonomy for Hong Kong enshrined in the Sino-British Joint Declaration and British law. They're going to mention what the G7 did, but of course, we're talking about Joe Biden's cognitive decline. And it has me genuinely worried. I, re- I, really, I really do think so. Charlie Spearing, Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, confirms that the president meant to say Syria when he said Libya three different times at his press conference. Question, Jake, can you clarify what the president said when he talked about there being a dilemma for Russia as it relates to Libya? Presumably he was referring to Syria. Is there more clarity? Mr. Sullivan, Syria. He meant Syria then. Yeah, he did. How does Jake Sullivan know? He doesn't. Or maybe Biden is completely irrelevant to the conversation. Biden is just a bumbling dotard. He is an old befuddled man who has no idea what's going on, and he is cash. He is writing checks that America can't cash, or that they gladly could, but he's going to end up giving things away. I'm worried about what happens if we actually get into an open conflict. Even CNN, and this is now moving into Kamala Harris territory, but Kamala Harris and Biden ain't been too into, doing too well. CNN's panel criticizes VP's cringeworthy and unprepared response to questions about whether she would visit the border and warn her allies in the White House are losing faith in her. I'll come back to this one at the end because I want to make sure we go through the, the, the Biden news first. This is, a, this, this, this is a story I just mentioned. Joe Biden repeatedly mixes up Syria and Liber- Libya while discussing ways of working with Russia. In this tweet, a very confused Joe Biden gets lost reading his own notes, mumbles incoherently and makes a fool of himself. You know, there are a bunch of videos like this. This is Arthur Schwartz posting on, on May 24th. This is him just muttering and sputtering incoherently. It genuinely has me worried. We have a president who's not able to articulate thoughts. He's not able to tell us what he actually thinks. I don't know who wrote the notes that he's provided, but I bring you now. I bring you now to the important and one of the most prominent quotes from Joe Biden to exemplify everything. 
Now, I can point out in the beginning, Joe Biden appearing to be lost and, and mumbling and muttering and floating around. I think it's the easiest way to explain to regular people. Okay. Now they might see it and say, I don't understand what this is, but you tell them, look, it appears confused, right? Okay. I understand that. Joe Biden talking about Libya, a regular person would be like, I don't know anything about Libya. How about this quote? Let me read for you. One of the most famous Joe Biden quotes ever. But here's the deal. As you observed, I'm a fairly practical guy. I want to get things done. I want to get them done consistent with what we've promised the American people. And in order to do that, that in a 50-50 Senate, we've got to get to the place where I get 50 votes so that the vice president of the United States can break the tie or I get 51 votes without her. You ready? And so I'm going to say something outrageous. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you like to be able to. Anyway, I we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay, hang on. Sorry. Oh. One of his most famous quotes. If you the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you like to be able to anyway, and I'm not doing it justice. I I am not doing it justice. You really got to watch him give that speech. Do I have Biden derangement syndrome is a question. It's a question I ask myself. I know that when Donald Trump was around, they kept saying he was nuts. They kept questioning his mental abilities. I certainly, you know, entertain the possibility that Trump was uh, dealing with some issues. And therein lies the problem. When the news came out about Russia, what did I say? I said, hey, you know, we should we should look into this. I think you'd be a fool to make assertions about what you know to be true before the evidence comes out, before it's been adjudicated. Okay, now we know that Russia was a big, complete lie. Now, hindsight is 2020. I stand by my my view of things, especially even with things like lab leak. Hindsight is 2020. If we don't know, we don't know. If evidence starts coming out and opinions start changing, well, then there you go. Donald Trump, I entertained when the media criticized him, when the media said he was slipping or making mistakes. I'd say, okay, well, let's see what his medical report says. Okay, well, let's see this. We have to do the same for Joe Biden. We have to call out Joe Biden. The media won't do it. Mainstream press will continue to deflect and defend him. When it comes to his son, we get censorship. Here we go. Fox News reports four days ago, Twitter allows sharing of ProPublica article on leaked IRS data after blocking the New York Post's Biden story. ProPublica received a trove of billionaires tax data from anonymous source. So you mean to tell me that when a left wing publication has hacked materials, Twitter don't care. But when it's Hunter Biden and the materials came from a legal laptop owned by someone else, that's censored. It may be hacked materials. Okay, block them both or neither. But that's not how it goes. They block bad information about Joe Biden. They protect Joe Biden. They sacrifice the rest of us. And now it comes back to Kamala Harris. Maybe the dam is breaking. Daily Mail says Kamala Harris's unfortunate week came to a disappointing end on Sunday when her trip to Guatemala and Mexico, the first foreign visit as vice president, was slammed by a CNN panel. Harris, tasked by Joe Biden with working to stem the soaring migration levels, found herself mocked for being unable to answer the obvious question as to when she would visit the U.S.-Mexico border during a Univision interview. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. To her visible irritation, she was asked multiple times by Univision anchor Ilya Calderon when she would go and see for herself. And each time she stumbled over her answer, quote, I said, I'm going to I'm going to the border. And also, if we're going to deal with the problem at the border, we have to deal with the problems that cause people to go to the border, to flee to the border. So my first trip as vice president of the U.S. was to go in terms of a foreign trip to Guatemala to be on the ground there to address and to be informed of the root causes. Why are the people of Guatemala, Guatemala leaving? The only problem is it ain't just Guatemala. You got people from Honduras. You got people from El Salvador. You got people from Mexico. She needs to go visit the border and talk with our border patrol and look at these facilities. I don't think it. we're talking about her walking along the fence and just slapping the bollard fence or lack thereof. I'm saying go down and get a comprehensive view. How can we expect her to actually solve the problem and do her job? if she won't actually go even look at it. Well, of course, the left will just defend her. But here we go. Do you have a date for your trip? Calderon asked. I will keep you posted, Harris replied. It's, quote, it's just a little cringeworthy. And I know that her allies in the White House and elsewhere are watching it and just kind of wondering what is going on, said Abby Phillip, co-host of CNN's Inside Politics show on Sunday. Panelist Laura Baron Lopez for CNN agreed it was a failure. It didn't go the way the White House wanted it to go. Again, immigration, as you mentioned, is a hot potato no one wants to touch. And Harris has been dealt it. And so she has to handle now that Biden has to handle when he was VP, which is a relationship with the Northern Triangle. The panel also dismayed at Harris's interview with Lester Holt. At some point, you know, we are going to go to the border, she told Holt. We've been to the border. So this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border, we've been to the border. No, you haven't. So you expect me to believe that you can handle this job without actually going down? Let me slow down, loop everything back together. I know the segment is about Joe Biden's mental health. Well, there's a little bit more. If Joe Biden really does drop out for whatever reason, Trudeau thinks it'll be Kamala Harris. Is she equipped to be president? Man, no. It's the weirdest thing. I was, I was talking to somebody, you know, I'll keep it fairly vague because it involves a business. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But the, the proprietor of a business told me that they were huge fans of Kamala Harris. And I was like, why? There's no good answer. She is, she laughs inappropriately at, at horrif- horrifying things. She like mocks people's suffering. She kept people uh, uh, in prison to use as cheap labor to fight wildfires. What's her qualifications? She didn't even get a single delegate. Tulsi Gabbard got more delegates than her. And she could end up being the president? That to me, that's scary. That's scary. So Joe Biden's cognitive decline, where does it ultimately lead to? It could potentially lead to him stepping down or ultimately being removed, which brings me back to Nancy Pelosi and her panel on the 25th Amendment. 
Yeah, I remember remember when Nancy Pelosi said that she was going to create that panel that would have the power to remove a president or challenge them should the vice president sign on. That's how it works. The vice president can sign and say, yo, the president's not working. Give me support. I believe it's the 25th Amendment that says Congress shall, you know, they can choose who decides. And Nancy Pelosi made this panel. And at the time, people were like, they're trying to remove Trump. Pelosi assured us she wasn't. And then people realized it. She's trying to remove Biden before he even gets elected. That's right. That's the plan. They need a way to remove Biden because the dude isn't functioning properly anymore. I'm sorry, man. But we get old. It's a part of life. Joe Biden is old. He is not capable to do this job. He is confusing our negotiations, making us look weak. So what do we do? President Kamala? Oh, geez. She's being mocked by even CNN. If Kamala Harris becomes president, I suppose it'll be good news for Trump and his supporters, because I think she'll do such a bad job. It will result in a massive wave of right wing victories. But how, how, how should I know? Maybe she becomes president and then she actually does well. I just don't see it with these gaffes and these failures that even CNN is criticizing. If Biden really does falter because of his cognitive decline and we get President Kamala, I don't think we're in for a good couple of years. Maybe Trudeau is right. But I certainly think the Democrats played with fire on this one. And the people who voted against Trump, they didn't care what happened to this country. All they cared about was the president would be someone else. And that's the problem we're facing right now. People are just tribalists. They don't care. They don't want to care. They just want to win. Trump was bad. They didn't like Trump. And, you know, some of these reasons they have not liking Trump, they're legit. But a lot of fake reasons, a lot of lies and smears in the media. And ultimately, this is what we end up with. That's the risk we face. So I don't know. Do your thing. You got to figure out what's right for you. Me, I got away from the cities. People like Kamala, they support the rioters. I don't want to be there. We'll see how it plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The story is taking the internet by storm. It's kind of strange to me, actually. Uh, uh, it's, it's surprising that this story has become so prominent, considering it is mostly being pushed because of what Wikipedia refers to as a debunked conspiracy theory. But the story is actually quite serious, and I want to make sure I, I'm very respectful to the family. So we'll just go through the news, and then we'll talk about what's happening. Clinton emails reporter, 45, who committed suicide is survived by his wife and three children. Colleagues pay tribute to Anchor, who revealed secret 2016 Loretta Lynch meeting days before probe was dropped. I'll give you the very, very simple version. This is a, a news anchor, a local reporter. He wrote a book about a meeting between Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch at a time when Hillary Clinton was being investigated over her email server. Hillary Clinton was apparently using a private email server for public service emails for public, you know, uh, in the course of her duties. I believe it was around, what, 32,000 emails went missing. It's actually a, a very serious story. And I'll be completely honest. I don't understand how we let public officials get away with deleting public property. I mean, right off the bat, I think the law is clear that if a government official destroys documents the public owns, they're not, uh, they can't hold office. It's a crime. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And the left just kept saying, oh, but Hillary's email. So what? So what? It's corruption. And then I hear people say, well, Donald Trump deleted the emails. OK, great. Lock them all up for all I care. I'm not playing some stupid high five the elitist who's on your tribe, who's in your tribe. But this is where it gets uh, uh, crazy and the Internet goes nuts. 
There is a conspiracy theory called Clinton body count, and uh, I'll explain it to you and we'll break down what's going on. And this is, in my opinion, the main reason this story has gained so much traction. It's because here you have a reporter who exposed Bill Clinton meeting with the with Loretta, Loretta Lynch of the Justice Department. And this is a huge conflict of interest that resulted in Loretta Lynch recusing herself from the investigation. It's actually kind of serious. And a lot of people think there's foul play. First, let me give you the news. The Daily Mail reports. Friends and colleagues of Christopher Sign remembered him as a stand-up guy and leader as they expressed shock and sadness at news of an apparent suicide on Sunday. Sign, the 45-year-old TV newsman who was the first to report of a secret meeting between former President Bill Clinton and then Attorney General Loretta Lynch that was held on a private jet in 2016, was found dead in his home on Saturday. Police in Hoover, Alabama, said they received a 911 call at 8.13 a.m. on Saturday of a person down at a home on Scout Trace. First responders arrived at the home and found Sign's body. He leaves behind a wife, Laura, and three young children. Sad story, man. I'm sad for the family. Now, the reason this story goes viral is because they call it, you know, getting suicided as if uh, it was done to him and made to look like a suicide. Honestly, we don't know. We really, really don't. And I know a lot of people want to immediately jump, uh, jump to conclusions. A lot of people feel they truly know I'll just point out, I can't tell you anything. All I know is is the, the, the surface level material. Now, we can start trying to draw conclusions. We can form hypotheses. But in the end, we can't just come out and assert what we know is true. By all means, you're allowed to have your opinion. When you look at something and you try to find a pattern, you then will make an assertion about whether or not you think there is or isn't a pattern. Give me evidence and I will present it as such. I will say it's kind of a crazy story, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's getting pushed because of this conspiracy theory, to be, to be completely honest. It is kind of a crazy story to hear that a guy who was just published a book that, you know, he had this thing going for him. He had a good job. He had a family. All of a sudden would just kill himself. You know, there are a lot of instances, it happens, where uh, things are made to look like someone took their own life. And there are a lot of circumstances where people are just depressed. You know, you, you always got to you always got to try and figure out where Occam's razor would lead lead us to. What is the what is the uh, solution that makes the least amount of assumptions? What is the simple answer? And sometimes people get depressed. People want to look for for uh, greater things beyond that. Let me just let me just stress. I joked on Twitter. I said this man may have had information that would lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton because it's a meme, right? It's true though. However, this guy broke the news five years ago. Like, why would why would there be any conspiracy against this guy? Why would they try? I mean, maybe he's a journalist working on other things. Maybe he's a source. No idea. Um, but I just think it's the conspiracy stuff is just very, very unlikely. But 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 we'll read through it. We'll read through it. I, you know, don't. That's just my opinion. So they go to mention a lot about him. A lot of these tweets are just expressing their condolences. They said that the Daily Mail is seeking a, a comment from the Hoover Police Department about the manner in which Sign died. James Spann, a meteorologist and colleagues of, of Sign, tweeted, we are still in shock over this news. Chris was a very good friend and an incredible journalist. The grief today has been overwhelming. Wendell D. Edwards tweeted, I'm in disbelief, praying for his family and the 3340 family too. Jamie Hale, a sports anchor at the same station where Sign worked, tweeted in response to the news story, I can't believe we have an article with this title. It doesn't feel real. So here you can see in this in this image, it's a Christopher Sign who broke the 2016 story about Bill Clinton's tarmac meeting with then Attorney General Loretta Lynch has died of an apparent suicide. According to the authorities, we, we know this. Here, here he is holding a book, Secret on the Tarmac. This is a guy who appeared, I believe he appeared on Fox News promoting this book just last year. 
Look, sometimes people get depressed. Personally, I find it strange. A guy with a successful book, with one of the biggest stories of this generation, a huge scandal, promoting it on national television, seems like he had everything going for him. But let's let's entertain another thought. I mean, first of all, there's always medical issues. Sometimes people just have uh, uh, medical in- issues, chemical imbalance, something like that, and they can't escape their depression. Or maybe this guy thought he finally made it. He wrote this book, had this big story, but that was all he had. I'll tell you this, man. I know a lot of people. They call it chasing the dragon, right? It's a reference to drugs. You, you'll do something you'll get rewarded for, and you feel really good, and you'll keep chasing after it. But if you can't reignite that, then you feel like you're doing something wrong. It happens to YouTubers every single day. YouTubers go insane. I mean, take a look at the, the comments you'll see from a lot of people talking about their YouTube numbers. And go to websites like Social Blade, and you'll see how people will go and look up the YouTube channels of other people because they're constantly looking at their numbers and others' numbers, and they're trying to, to track whether, they, whether they're succeeding, whether they're getting more and more and more. It is an addiction. And it's a lot of people on social media. These young women who go on Instagram and they post these photos, and they, they, they want to get likes. So they'll post a photo, and they'll be like, I should get at least 100 likes right in the first five minutes. And they don't. They panic. They delete the photo. They post another one, and they start getting depressed when they're not getting the likes. They're like, what am I doing wrong? It, may, it breaks people. So I certainly understand. You know, I, I remember uh, having feelings like this after Occupy Wall Street, getting all this press attention and then thinking like, is that it? What now? What do I do? But I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a chill person. So I was just like, hey, you know what? If you got it, you got to go on the ride. You got to go on the ride. Well, it is what it is. Do your thing. Have fun. There are a lot of people who become a lot of musicians, for instance, one hit wonders. And maybe that's all they had. Well, let me keep reading. And I'm going to talk about the, the, the Wikipedia for the Clinton body count. We'll talk about journalism and maybe YouTube will get mad at me, whatever. Here's the timeline of the Clinton email saga in June 2008. An Apple Power Mac server purchased by Bill Clinton a Justin Cooper is installed in the basement of the Clintons home in Chappaqua, New York. It initially handles traffic for Bill Clinton, but soon is used by Hillary and her staff. Used by Bill Clinton. They should say Hillary. OK, fall 2008. Computer equipment from Clinton's presidential campaign is tapped as a replacement. A Dell PowerEdge 2900 Windows Server and micro blah, 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 and a BlackBerry. Clinton aide Barry Pagliano starts working on building the system, believing it will be used by Bill Clinton's staff. In January 09, it is decided that the Apple server must be replaced as it is having problems with the volume of traffic. In March, Pagliano installs the server he had built in a rack in the Chapuca House basement with the help of Cooper. Pagliano, who is administrator for the new device, transfers the Apple server emails onto the new device. The new server is backed up once a week onto a Seagate external hard drive. The FBI has never obtained the Apple server information. In 2013, Clinton's chief of staff, Cheryl Mills, recommends Denver, Colorado IT firm Platte River to manage Platte River Networks to manage and help the user limitations and reliability concerns. So let's let's move forward. I'm not I think it's really silly. They're giving us this ridiculous of a timeline. In July of 2016, Clinton gives a voluntary interview to the FBI about her email arrangements, according to a statement from her spokesperson. Two days later, FBI director James Comey says Bureau could not find a case that would support bringing criminal charges, though he criticized Clinton as extremely careless in the handling of sensitive material in October of 2016. Less than two weeks before the presidential election, the FBI reopens the email probe after discovering a laptop in a separate investigation involving Congressman Anthony Weiner. 
in November. Comey said that after a review of Wiener's emails, there was no change in his prior recommendation from July. November 8th, Donald Trump defeats Clinton the president in the presidential election. Some observers believe Comey's decision in late October to reopen the email investigation may have lost Clinton the election. So we have this story as well from, from uh, Town Hall. The reporter who broke the news about Clinton's secret tarmac meeting is dead. And you can see it's getting a lot more traffic on the right. I got a question. I've seen this meme that goes around about Clinton body count. And a lot of people are saying it's, 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 it's impossible. There's a coincidence that all of these people who knew or related to the Clintons would take their own lives. And I don't know if that's true. The Clintons are extremely high profile people who probably know tens of thousands who, are, who have interacted with hundreds of thousands. I'm sure Jeff Bezos is connected to tens or hundreds of thousands because these people run organizations. So what happens is certainly by all means, like bring me the evidence, do the investigation and show me some hard proof. I'll absolutely we'll talk about it for the time being. I don't know how you solve for this problem if you really believe it's true, unless you can get real evidence. So far, there is none. The, the thing about these conspiracy theories is that you would have to believe that all of the police are in on it as well. Like I can make jokes about the, the, the meme and a lot of people do. It's like there's the tweet whenever someone dies, like when Harambe died, there's like a fake tweet from Harambe, the gorilla, that he's like, I have information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. And it's because of the conspiracy theory. I don't, I don't know how to reconcile this idea of this massive national level cover up between all these different police stations and federal agencies all at the same time. Come on. Now, I always defer to the Manhattan Project. When people are like, there's no way something like this or like that could happen. I'm not saying anything specifically. Like, whenever people are like, that government operation couldn't have happened. That's crazy. And I'm like, the Manhattan Project happened. They were able to keep what, like 300,000 people from spilling the beans by compartmentalization. But this is different. This is the implication that the Clintons are some kind of like, you know, uh, murderous cabal or whatever. Well, I certainly think Hillary is crooked and uh, I think it's worth investigating the issue I take with this stuff is that every cop, his family, like every, anybody, they're, they're, maybe not every cop. Maybe, maybe the idea of the conspiracy is that there's just one really good hitman or a series of really good hitmen who, who always make it look like a suicide or something. I don't know, man. That's just not for me. It isn't. I mean, look, some, sometimes there are things in this world that, that may be true, but I don't know how you operate on a belief without evidence because you'll end up going down weird rabbit holes and you'll end up confused and wrong. The way I always describe conspiracy theories, right? It's like a, a connect the dots puzzle. Let's say there's this massive poster to connect the dots. You would need every single dot to truly understood what's happening. And what happens with conspiracy theories is that they can only connect some of the dots. Well, if you've got a million dots and it makes a picture of an elephant, but you only have 100,000 known dots to place, you might draw a picture of a tiger. So you really need to expand and get the full evidence, which makes it very difficult for someone like me to, to look at any of this and think anything other than it's a tragic story. But I tell you this, man, most of you probably know about it. I'm not saying I can, I can prove anything. Clinton body count has its own Wikipedia entry. Here's what I love. I'm going to read you the opening paragraph. Clinton body count is a debunked conspiracy theory asserting that former U.S. President Bill Clinton and his wife Hillary have assassinated people, totaling as many as 50 or more. 
Many parts of it have been advanced by Newsmax publisher Christopher Ruddy, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, and others. Such accusations have been around at least since the 90s, when a film called The Clinton Chronicles, produced by Larry Nichols and promoted by Reverend Jerry Falwell, accused Bill Clinton of multiple crimes, including murder. This conspiracy theory has been debunked by the Lakeland Ledger, the Chicago Tribune, Snopes, and others, who point to detailed death records, the unusually large circle of associates that a president is likely to have, and the facts that many of the people listed have been misidentified or were still, or were still alive, alive. Others had no known link to the Clintons. All right, my first issue, calling it debunked is really, really annoying. Because there's, a, there's like a joke. Now, I think Babylon B did this. Uh, Snopes rolls out false for now tag because then things end up becoming true later. No, um, I, I think they're right. I've looked into some of this. And what I can tell you is that people are some people are misidentified. Absolutely. Uh, others had no known link to the Clintons. There are certain circumstances where it seems like the connection between the Clintons is dubious at best. It'll be like this guy was a manager at a firm that once, you know, sold ads on the Clinton website or whatever. It'll be this, this guy worked at a financial service center where they once provided financial advice to a Clinton owned corporation. And I'm like, dude, that's like, that's like specious, cor- uh, spurious correlation. I, I just, I, I think people want to believe this stuff. I just, I just don't see it. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. They're going to mention that, you know, when they say Snopes debunked it, I'll take issue with that. And, but I can tell you, one of the biggest problems here People are sharing a meme photo. It's this poster with all these names and all these, you know, there's no real information in that. I've gone through these things. I've read through these things. I'm not saying it's debunked, however. Uh, I would say a lot of it is debunked, but I hate when they say it's officially debunked. It's like, dude, this is the challenge of dealing with online information and conspiracy theories is that actual debunking requires hard evidence. And while you can say some of the claims have been debunked, conspiracy theories make it very, very difficult to outright debunk things. And if you're trying to convince someone that a far-fetched idea or theory is not true, claiming that every single thing they've brought up is debunked because a few things have been causes very serious problems. But let me make it very, very clear. I, I don't believe it. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people want to. No, I'm not going to take Snopes' word for it. Uh, there, there, there's another there's another meme image that is is pushed around by the far right, showing a bunch of news personalities, and they put the Star of David on it. This is another thing you got to understand. 
maybe there are certain things within these stories that are, are, are crazy or weird, and I certainly don't know them, and maybe you do. By all means, I'm not saying I'm the smartest person in the world or know everything. But you got to watch out for these meme conspiracy things, because there's one that gets shared around that shows a bunch of news personalities with the Star of David on them. And a bunch of these people literally are not Jewish. But there are people who are very anti-Semitic, who want you to believe certain things. So they make these images, they put these things and in, in information, and people just believe that it's real. Do I trust the Clintons? No. Do I think they're evil? Yes. Do I think they're corrupt? Oh, you betcha. Do I think they are having shady backroom deals? Yes. Do I think that the Clinton have killed people who stood in their way, of, uh, stood in the way of their political ambitions or agenda? You need only ask Muammar Gaddafi when Hillary Clinton said, we came, we saw, he died. But warfare and foreign policy is very, very different from like, a local journalist who wrote a book and, 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 and covered a story five years ago. I know a lot of people now are, are posting things saying they want an update on the story. And I know a lot of them are going to shake their finger at me, bro. You got to be careful about believing what you want to believe versus getting hard evidence. So my advice to you is if you think this stuff, if, if you're looking into this stuff, I certainly think there's uh, uh, grounds for investigating many of these people. But let me stress, what is the actual claim here with this guy who, who, who took his own or was allegedly at this point believed to have taken his own life that he wrote a story or he published a story? He was an anchor. Some people are saying he wasn't even the guy who actually the report. He actually got the report or the actual. He was just the anchor who said it. He wrote a book about it. He was promoting it last year. What's the actual theory that he pissed off the Clintons? So they came back five years later. I, I just think that's ridiculous. I think people uh, you know what? Out of sight, out of mind, and the inverse, right? When you first hear, you, you'll hear a word and you'll ask what it means, and all of a sudden you start hearing it all over the place. You'll buy a car and then you'll start seeing cars like this all over the place. People keep saying this stuff is real, and a lot of people believe it, and then they look for, for connections. Yeah, you'll probably find weird stuff. I think if people looked into my background, they would think the most insane things imaginable, like the people that I've known, the people that I've worked with, the people that I've hung out with. Yeah, I know a lot of crazy people who are connected in very strange ways. And yes, a lot of people accuse me of very insane conspiracy theories. Since Occupy Wall Street, people have been claiming that I was working for the CIA or something ridiculous, and they find the most insane reasons to believe it. The conspiracy theories are nuts. However, sometimes they're true. Gulf of Tonkin incident. So that's why my position is always this. This is silly, in my opinion. However, that's a pro look, if I have a bias, by all means, I'm willing to admit it. And I think it's worth looking into. I am not someone who is going to do a deep dive investigation on the Clinton body count. I have done a surface level look at it. And I can tell you, I've seen many of the people who were misidentified. Some were still alive and others had, I wouldn't say no known links. I, I didn't read that, but I've seen like spurious. Is it the right word? You know, like, like I mentioned, a guy worked at an accounting firm that gave advice to a Clinton corporation. And it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who've like had interactions with my company too. And I'll tell you this, being the victim of conspiracy theories makes me immediately be like doubt. But I don't dismiss things. You can have a hypothesis. Look at lab leak theory. They, they claim that was debunked over and over and over again. And therein lies the problem. The media loses trust of people. So warranting an investigation by all means. But I think if you, if you look at these, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the police reports 
I don't think there's like a cabal of secret assassins going around at, at the Clinton's whim. Five years later, maybe the guy had a source. Maybe the source had information. But now we're leaping, we're jumping to conclusions to try and make something seem plausible. You get the point? Here's a guy who got information. He had video footage. He went on TV and said, here it is. This is five years ago or longer, actually, I think. He then goes and writes a book and that's it. Is there anything else to believe? No. So why would I believe this is a conspiracy? I'm sorry, man. I just don't. But, uh, you know, online conspiracies are fun. Just by bringing this up, YouTube might get mad at me, but whatever. They don't, they don't, they don't uh, differentiate between debunking and, uh, or criticizing and actually talking about it. But it is what it is. I thought it was a very important story. It was big over the weekend, so I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. It's getting crazy out there. Perhaps it got crazy out there some time ago. We've got a couple stories. The first is that a driver at a high rate of speed slammed into protesters, killing a woman. Um, I believe uh, injuring two uh, very seriously. One woman was pronounced dead. And this isn't some, you know, car was going a mile an hour, slowly pushing through protesters like we see. But this is where a guy was apparently driving at a high rate of speed and slammed into protesters. The man was then dragged from his car and beaten. It doesn't seem like the guy did it on purpose. I mean, seems like an accident. Seems like a guy was speeding and not paying attention. But we're getting to the point where ideology trumps all. They absolutely view this guy as doing it intentionally. They pull him out of his car and beat him. If it was a guy just speeding, it was an accident. They should have just called the police. But we're getting to the point of mob justice. They see the car. They see it happen. That's it. We have another story, too. And uh, it's kind of crazy, man. There was a, a, a mass shooting. It's a very tragic story. And local news would not reveal the identity of a shooter at large over fear of pushing harmful stereotypes. This is what's happening. People are losing their lives. There's very serious danger, uh, especially coming out of the ideologies. But in this instance of the shooting, it seems like a crazy guy. But the media is absolutely playing to the idea of mob justice. Why? Well, they're scared they will be dragged out of their newsrooms and beaten as well. This is the point. Though this story about the driver may not be overtly about ideology. I mean, the driver seems to have just it doesn't seem to be politically motivated. The fact that these people are willing to drag you from your car and beat you, the fact that these people are willing to walk up to you in Portland and downtown and put two bullets in your chest, it sends a message. The news follows suit. Then, of course, the Democrats blame the guns for it. Let's read the news. The Daily Mail reports a driver plows into protesters and kills woman before he is pulled from car and beaten at site where armed black man Winston Smith was shot dead by cops. They say a driver has plowed into protesters and killed a woman at the site of demonstrations over the shooting of an armed black man named Winston Boogie Smith. The man was pulled from his car and beaten by a crowd before being taken away by police. Two protesters were rushed to the hospital after being struck with one described as very critical. One of them, a woman, died in the early hours of Monday. They were demonstrating outside a parking garage where 32-year-old Smith was shot dead earlier this month after he pulled a gun and allegedly fired on U.S. Marshals trying to arrest him on federal warrants for possession of a firearm. The convicted felon, who had racked up at least 20 arrests in 2007, has become a talisman for activists who have commandeered the roads where he was shot dead, setting up a shrine like the one for George Floyd just three miles away. They go on to say at around 1140 p.m. on Sunday, the driver sped into this area of Lake Street and South Girard Avenue. Footage captured by a protester shows the driver being held in a chokehold on the road as blood pours from his forehead. 
The person filming shouts, this N-word just came through 100 miles an hour, smashed this car, and he just effing killed her. The camera pans to a badly damaged SUV across the street where a woman can be seen receiving treatment from other protesters. The suspect is seen being hauled around by a man who keeps his arm firmly around his neck as he pleads for police. The cameraman tells him, you're going down, boy, you're going down. It's over. You be. The suspect replies, I did not mean to. The scene is confusing and chaotic. There appears to be no police presence and no paramedics to treat the one on the ground. Let me just let me just point out for all we know. It's an accident. It was just an accident. This guy says, I did not mean to. He was pulled from his car by these extremists. What if he wasn't going 100 miles an hour? Why should I believe the guy who's beating him? What if this guy was just maybe he was speeding and then he got into an accident. Accidents happen. Is this how we're going to deal with accidents these days? Apparently so. This is what happens when ideology takes over. Maybe ideology is the wrong word. Maybe dogma or cults. Look, I understand the United States has, a, has an underlying ideology of classical liberalism, the, the right of the, of, to, to be uh, you're innocent until proven guilty, for instance. In this regard, cops should have come. They should have just not let the guy leave. Didn't seem like he wanted to. Seemed like he may have been really hurt. He was bleeding from his forehead and they were dragging him around, choking him. What if the guy had neck damage? What if he broke his neck? What if this guy didn't actually cause the accident? We don't know. Someone just yelled. He did it. He killed her. What if it was just a mistake? This is where we're going to. They go on to say, the man filming the video and others seem to be shocked that they are having to keep the suspect prisoner and that police haven't arrived. After a few minutes, a convoy of police cars rolls in and the suspect is handed over to them. Police said that a man was in custody but did not reveal any further details or a suspected motive. The uptown neighborhood like George Floyd Square, has turned into a memorial to Smith since he was shot dead on June 3rd. Roads are closed and anti-police graffiti covers the streets and buildings nearby. Protesters painted the alleyway where Smith died last week with the writing, blood on their hands. Local residents and business owners say they are concerned the neighborhood has become lawless. On Sunday, the Jute Salon Spa, a fixture at the corner of Hennepin Avenue and Lake Street, announced it was closing after 35 years, posting on its Facebook page. It has become more and more evident that Uptown continues to struggle with store closings, social unrest, crime and street closures. We would be heartbroken if anything were to happen to our team members or clients. With that at the forefront, we have made this difficult decision. It's getting bad out there, man. I don't want to tell you, Minneapolis, Minnesota, this stuff just keeps getting worse. This guy, Winston Boogie Smith, he was wanted for what, like a ridiculous amount of charges or how many, look at this, 20 arrests. According to court records, Smith has racked up at least 20 arrests since 2007 on charges ranging from minor traffic violations to drug and marijuana possession. In 2017, he was convicted of felony aggravated robbery, was handed a three year stayed sentence and was put on probation. Under the conditions of his probation, Smith was required to stay in regular contact with his probation officer, submit to random drug testing, find a job and possess no firearms. Here's a photo. <laughs> the warrant for Smith's arrest was issued less than two weeks after he posted this photo on his public Instagram page. Bro, I'm all about that two-way. I'm all about that right to keep in bare arms. Totally. This dude was currently on probation. Now, many conservatives have pointed out to me because I got into an argument. It was, it was actually uh, kind of funny. Uh, Alan West was on my show. And I was like, I think after you get out of prison, if you're a felon, you, can, you should get your gun back. 
And he was like, I don't think violent offenders should be allowed to have guns. And a lot of conservatives pointed out the Constitution does provide that due process. Uh, should you get your due process, you can have your rights taken away. Prison, for example, you have a right to freedom of, of movement and defense and all that stuff. But if you get convicted of a crime, they're going to lock you up. You're being deprived of your rights. Well, you went through due process. And that means through due process, you can't have your guns taken away. In the instance that you are convicted of a felony and you get out of prison, assuming your record is clean, you paid your debt to society, I think you'd be allowed to get your gun back. Some people think that as part of due process, you are no longer allowed to have guns. I don't like that idea. 20 years after a crime, you're a family man, you've reformed your life. We want to prove to people that you do the right thing, you get rewarded. This guy was on probation, okay? Totally different. Not supposed to have a gun, let alone pointed at cops and allegedly shoot. It's a messed up story. It always is. You know, I'm not happy this guy lost his life. I'm not happy about the crimes he committed. But now what we're seeing is just insane. And it's got to stop, man. The violence needs to stop. It's not going to stop. These people, they're nuts. Take a look at this story. Austin Statesman American. One suspect arrested. One remains at large in mass shooting in downtown Austin. I want to show you what they do when ideology takes over. I shouldn't necessarily just say ideology because it's a broad statement what ideology means. I want to talk to you about what it means when you have this cult with no real moral framework, who doesn't believe innocent until proven guilty and believes in racial identitarianism. Here's what I want. I want people not to suffer. I don't want this guy, Winston, to have lost his life. I wish he didn't. Please stop. Don't don't bring guns out in front of cops. It's not perfect. Some cops are bad. I get it. But check it. Take a look at what the Austin American statesman does with one shooter at large. Suspect, sorry, suspect at large. We got to do everything in our power to figure out who this is, why they did it, if they did it, innocent until proven guilty, and stop them. Unfortunately, that's not what they want. The Austin Statesman says, what we know about the suspect. Police have only released a vague description of the suspect, suspected shooter as of Saturday morning. The Austin American Statement is not including the description as it is too vague at this time to be useful in identifying the shooter, and such publication could be harmful in perpetuating stereotypes and potentially putting innocent individuals at risk. If more detailed information is released, we will update our reporting. Infuriating. Man, I've never wanted to hit something so hard. You mean to tell me there's a suspect who just shot people and you could tell people, hey, guess what? It was a Latino guy in a tank top wearing uh, black and white shoes. He had short black hair. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's too preliminary. What do we assume about this guy? Well, a lot of people were saying they believe this based on what they were saying. The shooter was black. Shooter could be Mexican. Shooter could be black. A lot of people were hurt. Somebody died. We don't want these people running around committing crimes. So what do we get? The media? will not give you the information you need to keep yourself safe. And the Democrats will push for laws to take away your right to defend yourself, the right to keep and bear arms. Here's the latest update from Axios. Victim dies after downtown Austin mass shooting. Dude, this stuff breaks my heart, man. A 20, uh, let's, 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 we'll jump in. A 25-year-old man died Sunday of his injuries, sustained in a mass shooting that wounded 13 other people. Austin police named the victim Douglas John Cantor as they continued to search for one of the two suspects. One suspect was taken into custody on Saturday following the shooting. 
So we still don't have the other guy. This is the update. We still don't have the other suspect. And these publications won't give us the information to report him. I don't care what this guy looks like. I want to be able to call the cops and say, hey, man, I see somebody. It's funny. They say, if you see something, say something. Not always good advice. But we're at this era now where these activists, these cult members are like, don't call the cops. It's remarkable. There was a a, a viral post where someone said, if a woman was physically assaulted by an individual, don't call the cops. You'll put BIPOC at risk. Don't call the police. Just let it happen. No, you call the cops. Uh, And you call your lawyer, too. You want to make sure that you get all the proper information. But I got to be honest, I, I don't have very much faith in the police department. I think they do serve a purpose. I get it. But at this point, they're going to mention that two people were critically injured in the shooting. It began around 1.30 a.m. Twelve others were described as being stable. Police and prosecutors were still trying to determine what charges a suspect would face. The Austin mass shooting was among 267 to have occurred so far this year, according to the Gun Violence Archive. I don't care about all that. The Gun Violence Archive. Look, violence happens. Hammer attacks, knife attacks, bow attacks, gun attacks. And people use guns because guns exist. Now, I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers, but I can tell you, man, Someone like this comes out and they're shooting. It's not easy to just say a good guy with a gun could solve the problem. I know a lot of people, a lot of the two-way people say, you know, the best defense against a mass shooter is a good guy with a gun. Sometimes. A good guy who's trained with a gun, who's smart and capable. Yes, absolutely. But it's really, it's really hard to understand if you've, unless you've ever been in one of the situations where there's active gunfire. I mean, there's a reason why we train people how to deal with these things. There's a reason why... Uh, our armed forces, actual good guys with guns. For the most part, I'm not trying to make an absolute statement about every single service member. These people are good guys with guns. They need to identify where the, fun gun, the, gun, the gunshots are coming from. They need to properly identify the person who's shooting. And it could, be, it could be hard. This is why cops freak out when people have cell phones because they don't know. There's a prank video I just saw where a guy, is he walks up to a bus stop and then he like reaches into his waistband and then he pulls out a black object and the people sitting there panic and run. And then he shakes it and it's a walking cane. Isn't that funny? It's a prank. It's a good way to get killed. No joke. I always tell people this. So we got guns here. At, uh, you know, I got guns on my property. And I tell people, if you're ever, first, first, if you're ever showing anybody anything, I always, you know, I always double check, you know, clear it, bolt lock, check to make sure no, nothing's anywhere near it. And I make sure people know the rules of gun safety. I say, it is always loaded. I'm going to check it right now. I'm going to lock the bolt. You can inspect the chamber. We can bolt inspect it. And then you can take a look at it. And there's no ammo in sight. I'm not going to hand people a loaded weapon or anything like that. And I tell people, like, you got to know the rules. Don't point it at anything. A gun is always loaded, et cetera, et cetera. But I explain to people, do you know why you never point a gun at somebody for any reason? First of all, a gun is always loaded. That's like the first rule. People don't understand that sometimes there could be a bullet in the chamber and they think there's no magazine and it's no, 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 no. You lock the bolt, you inspect, no magazine, and still don't point at other people because it's more than just that. You see, there's still a lot of stupid people who are like, I inspected it. I know there's nothing in it. I double checked. We are clear. We are good. Now I'm going to act a fool and point it and haha, no, don't do it. You know why? I explain to people, we're out in the middle of nowhere, okay? If you think it's a joke to raise a weapon because you've, you've cleared it and you've checked it, that other person doesn't know that. They might draw on you and shoot you. Don't point weapons at people ever. Um, uh, I shouldn't say ever. Unless you are intending to fire it in defense, do not point it. 
That's the other rule. Your finger off the trigger. Don't point it at, at, at anything you don't intend to destroy. Get the point. Seeing these people play these jokes where this guy like pulls something out, I'm like, bro, someone might have just bashed you in the head. Cops shoot people for things like this. It's tough. It is. Now, look, personally, I'd rather be a guy with a gun in a situation like a mass shooting than a guy without a gun in a mass shooting. And if there's concern, the cops might come in and not know who's who. I'm not worried about it. You know why? I might get shot by a mass shooter. I'd rather the ability to defend myself. If the police show up and they're on scene, you know what I'll do? I'll put the weapon down. I'll, 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 I'll stay down. I'll keep my hands on my head. And yeah, maybe I'll get shot. Maybe they'll get confused. But at least I have a chance to defend myself. But that's, that's, that's not the point. The point here is, if we can't even identify who this guy is, what do we do? Just let him get away with it. That's right. They claim to want to stop the gun violence, but this is what you get. Take a look at this. From Bearing Arms, San Mateo wants to hurt gun stores, but criminals unaffected. Boy, you go to BearingArms.com and I was like, you know, I'm reading this and there's just an endless number of articles about the failures of gun control. That's what they want to do. Every bill they put forward is going to just likely hurt law abiding citizens because criminals don't abide by the law. So I wonder where we're going to go from here and the problems we see, right? You got this first story. A guy uh, gets into an accident. Somebody dies. They pull him out of his car. They beat him. What if he could have defended himself? I'm not saying he's a good dude. Maybe he was drunk. I don't know. Maybe he was speeding. No idea. Maybe he, he caused the accident. Maybe he didn't. This is why we have courts. This is why you arrest them. Then you present the evidence. You don't just drag him out of their car and beat a guy who's injured after an accident. That's what they did. But what happens? Like we saw in Portland, right? This guy gets out of his vehicle these protesters are pointing rifles at him and he draws his gun. Sooner or later, someone's going to pull that trigger. We already saw that one dude take two to the chest. Sooner or later, it's going to get bad. These gun control bills aren't going to do anything to stop that. You, you are now, and that's something we've seen in Chicago. Chicago's got bad gun violence, but they got insane gun laws that make it very, very difficult for people, people to own weapons. So you get a guy, he's a father, he's got a wife, and he's got kids, and he says, I... I'm concerned about uh, gang violence and shootings. And so he goes and gets a gun and probably not legally. And he shouldn't do that. You should not do that. I am, I am absolutely uh, of the belief that people have a right to keep and bear arms. But this is like in Chicago, this could be a black man. And it likely is when the cops go after these people. They just say felony possession of a firearm. Don't care. Don't, don't know why. I'm like, nah, man. There should, uh, look, you shouldn't. We got to fight these things. And a lot of people have told me that there are organizations that are fighting to make sure that, you know, people in Chicago have the right to keep and bear arms. Because I pointed out we should be finding these like inner city young men or like family men who have been charged with nothing but possession of a firearm. And we should be fighting. We should be suing, saying it's a violation of 2A. I don't know if you'll win because I think the courts routinely upheld like there can be some uh, preliminary uh, uh, requirements for buying up and they're not inhibiting you from owning the firearm. But I think we should still fight for that right. I'd like to see this in Chicago. I'd like to see good guys with weapons able to defend themselves. I understand. You go back to that first story once again. And what do we get? What if what if those protesters were armed and that guy crashed and they just said self-defense? That's what we saw in the Chaz. So I'm not saying there's easy solutions to all of this, but you can't ban guns. It just will not happen. Criminals will just take them. They don't care that at the Chaz, that one dude handed out a rifle to some like underage kid or, or, or allegedly they, they just handed a weapon to this guy. 
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. And then that's, that, that, it's going to happen. And then the, this security, they riddled this, this vehicle with hundreds of bullets and they killed two teenagers. I think they killed them both. One may, one may have survived. Two teenagers, man. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I think the right to keep and bear arms is, is really, really important. I think we got to be able to be responsible for ourselves and protect ourselves. But I see this cult, this rage. It's rage. It's what it really is. This rage, this jealousy, this wrath, this pride, this envy. You name it, the seven deadly sins, and you will find it at these protest movements. Wrath, when they smash the windows. Pride, when they wave their flags, demanding that they're right. Envy, jealous of those who have more than them. It doesn't even make sense, that, that if, you, if you think about it in a greater context, why a racial activism group would be protesting with, the, with communists and far leftists and socialists, unless you realize it's just the, 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 the seven deadly sins. Sloth, they don't want to work. I don't know about lust, I guess. Maybe that one doesn't 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 fall in there. But to a to a point, I suppose, you know, I'm sure someone can make an argument for where that fits in. But it is. It really is. I'm worried about what happens next. I'm worried that it escalates. I mean, maybe we're seeing that escalation, dragging a guy out of his car and beating him. We saw what happened in Portland. I'm worried that as the states start dividing and getting more and more extreme, as the news organizations refuse to tell us what happens, what happens when a Black Lives Matter activist goes and starts shooting and then the media says we're not going to reveal any information about them. They start protecting ideology over the truth. That's what they're doing. They are protecting ideology over the truth. You get those dividing lines, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at one. Uh, I'm sorry, at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.